Welcome to the Same OG Podcast, where we encourage you to always be you, always be true, and always be the same OG. I'm one of the hosts, Dexter Stuckey, the other host over here. G. I mean, you got to give him a little bit more than that. Am I? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> My name is Gonka Koyan, but you can call me G. You should have just stuck with G. Nobody's going to remember all that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, this is the same OG podcast where the, the goal of it is to always to be ourselves and just to get our real opinions and really thoughts and emotions out. Um, we have a starting lineup for you guys today. We're going to talk about Joe Biden. We're going to talk about um, the VMAs. We're going to talk about Chris Brown. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world today, and we're going to try to tackle as much of it as possible. All right, so the first things first, things first. how's it going? It's going well, man. I can't complain. Work is steady. Family's good. What about you? How's everything going? Now things are going good, but you know, I, so I went to Mexico for my one-year anniversary and, and got COVID. And I am one of those people who did not get COVID the entire time that COVID was running rampant. I didn't get it. At two years, I didn't have COVID, and then I went to Mexico and got it. How does it feel to be the last person with COVID? <laughs> well, the, the crazy part about it, I got, I saw, this is the wildest part about it, though. Drake had posted that he has to postpone a concert because he got COVID. And I sent to my group chat, I'm like, this is so irresponsible of Drake to catch COVID. <laughs> it's so irresponsible for Drake to catch COVID when he knew he had something to do. You should have been masked up and standing in the house. Like, literally, the next day, it hit me. Yeah, I was like, instead of being depressed, I was like, well, I guess I have to say I got COVID at the same time as Drake and Joe Biden, so I guess I'm in good company. <laughs> now. How was I mean? Did you get to enjoy any other vacation at all? Like, was it like in the middle of it? What happened? Mm, no comment. Mm, that bad, huh? Uh, there were some things that I did that I probably should not have done, but That's I didn't know. You I, gotta talk about those things. I mean, I had a massage. <laughs> Like, I felt horrible. Like, it, <laughs> like it was, it was, there was, I, I, you know how they do the, um, like the, like the timeshare things where they put you on one of those things or whatever. I did that. I did like a massage. Like I was like doing stuff and I was at a restaurant. Like I didn't know that it was COVID except the one day when I was like, oh, I can't move. Like after that, I didn't do anything else. But, but before that, like I was like doing stuff. I, I, I felt bad but not as bad as like that one day. And then I had to get on the plane to come home. And I was just like, I feel horrible. I had to so stand in the customs about line. About 400 people. Yeah, like I had to be in the customs <laughs> line. And it's just like, I, you don't want to say to people like, stay away from me, I have COVID. But right, at the same right, time, right. it's like, I don't know. I, that was just a horrible feeling though. Like a- actively having to be out in the public amongst people with this or even feeling like you have it like that. That just wasn't comfortable for me, which is why I don't understand how people, especially when it was crazy, like they were willing to like be out in the public knowing that they were like testing positive. Like, and now, completely open. Yeah. But now, even if you're testing positive, you're encouraged to go like go back to work and stuff like that. Even if you're not getting negative tests, I have tested negative and I didn't leave out of the house until I tested negative. But doctors were telling me like you're able to go back out even if you're testing positive because it's in your system for a while like that was that was kind of ridiculous to me it's crazy yeah my co-worker came back from a positive test but she still has symptoms and i feel like they were forcing her back to work anyway it didn't even matter at this point 
I don't think I would tell anybody if I was testing positive and I was around them. I would I would just feel horrible. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't <laughs> like that. So I ain't gonna help you, but you know, I would feel pretty bad. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like I'm sorry that I have to be around you, but like I'm forced to be here. Like I that just I, I don't like that. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's ridiculous, though. But what about uh, the new thing? The monkeypox? The monkeypox. I didn't even want to say his name. So when I got COVID or when I didn't start feeling COVID symptoms, I texted you immediately. Like, I told you about it right away. If I got monkeypox, like, you would never know. Like, I would never tell you if I got monkeypox. You just you stuck in the house for the whole two weeks. Is that, that's how long it lasts, two weeks? That's what I was looking at. It looks like it lasts about two weeks, 12 days or something like that. It's more so because I, I feel like if you have COVID, people are like, oh, I'm sorry that you have that. If you have monkeypox, people are like looking at you strange. And then the way they say like, it's weird because they basically, when they talk about it, they make it sound like it's like, it's like a sexually transmitted disease. But then they're yeah. like, everybody can get it. Like, it just, I don't know. I don't, with COVID, you know, like you might've touched the wrong thing. With, with monkeypox, it's like, well, what were you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even want it just because I'd be the one that's far up from it something like that and be stuck with the scars all of my life and that's another thing the scars like I, I, chicken pox was one of the scariest things because when like i have pictures when i was younger like like picture day happened slightly after i finished with chicken pox and there's like the dots like you could see them like the scabs or whatever like on the pic and i'm just like please throw this away well i never had chicken pox so that's the craziest part about it i'm scared of shingles you never had chicken pox never had chicken pox my, my, you asked my mom i had chicken pox i didn't have chicken pox it was, it was uh, what's the other word? I had measles. How old are you? I was 33. Measles? Measles? I feel like something measles is like my grandfather would have measles. This one, this one, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get into our starting lineup. So the first thing, the biggest topic of the, well, so we're recording this on a Wednesday. We're going to put it out on a Sunday. So the biggest topic of the week, I'm sure it'll still be trending come Sunday. It's Joe Biden's efforts to relieve student loan debt. Um, it's been something that people have talked about for quite some time. Um, the Biden administration today rolled out a student loan debt plan where initially they said $10,000 um, to borrowers, borrow, borrow, shit, borrowers, <laughs> that word, kick my ass. Um, as, as long as you earn less than $125,000 per year, or if you're married or have like a, um, or was it $250,000 for households based on like your income. And then, so if you did Pell Grants, you'll get $20,000. Um, and if you just have like the regular ones, you would get $10,000. So when is this supposed to take an effect? That's what I want. So that's the thing. Like, I went today to check, to really just check like where I was with student loans. I was like, do I have Pell Grants? Do it like so. I went to go check, and the website is completely down. Like, you can't even access the website. There is though, there is though. Like, they did extend the deferment to the end of December. So like, you won't have to if you do owe money on like loans. Like, you won't have to pay it back until January of next year. And they were very clear. They said this is the final time that they're going to extend it because. Like, truthfully, it was extended throughout the entire pandemic, which has been two years at this point. Like, we haven't had to pay student loans in quite some time. And then they're, now they're offering money to it. Now, from my understanding, this has to get approved. And this has to get approved by Republicans as well. And I don't think they're going to do it. Mitch McConnell said that um, 
he thinks that this is a slap in the face. Like he doesn't think that this makes any sense and like he doesn't approve of it. And he's like the leader of the Republican Party at this point. Is there like a time frame or a time limit they have to make a decision on this? Or is it like, how does that usually work? I, I honestly don't know. Like generally when there's things that what people have to take a vote on it, like it's kind of like, not immediately, but it kind of comes down and it's like, okay, like we know, we know this, we, we know what's going to happen. And this is, and some people might, maybe they do. I, I don't, I don't know like what's happening here. And I, I've tried to do like a little bit of research just to see, and I can't find anything. So I, I don't know if it's just an opinion kind of thing, or if this is something that's actually like, there's no, no doubt about it. It's happening. But like, I don't see the Republican Party just like laying down and letting this happen. Like they're going to fight this. 20,000, 10 to 20,000 would be huge for me. because I think I owe about maybe close to 30, which I know is not a lot compared to some people, but I mean, that would be huge for me. That would take off that big chunk and I'd be able to pay it off a lot sooner. I don't have to hear any, their cold phone calls anymore. So wait, people call you. I never got a call about student loans. I, I get I got it every once in a while, which is weird. Like I would get it at the wrong times. I would get it while actively in school. Like the times that they're not supposed to call you or try not to bill you. I'll be actively in classes or something like that and they'll call me asking about student loans. It's ridiculous. The worst thing that's ever happened to me in regards to student loans is maybe a year or two after I graduated undergrad. Um, I went and I filed my tax return and like I wasn't paying my student loans and like I, there's like this thing where you could check to see like the status of it and it was like two months I'm like where's my where's my money and I'm like where's my tax return and I looked and like it basically tell you that like you owe student loans so they took your tax return. I guess it's better than garnishing your wages. Out of your I mean check. that is garnishing my wages. Out of your hourly check though you know your salary you know. Over. Yeah, see that they did that. Then it's like we we got a problem because like how am I gonna? I'm not paying the loans because I I don't have no money. So you taking the money is not helping me or you. I had, I used to work with this guy, man. It was like he was working just to eat like sandwiches a week. Like his his checks was student loans, and it was um what was it? It was student loans, child support. It was student loans and child support. That's what it was. Yeah. So he was getting like 400 every week taken out of his check. At the time, we were making like 600 a week or something like that. So he was getting like $200 a week and he had to pay for his own place and do all this other stuff, which I don't understand how he was even, how he was doing it. Like he was working a little bit of overtime, but it just didn't add up. Do, do you still know him now? No, I've been looking for him actually. I, <laughs> I, don't, know, I don't know where he's at, but uh, I have not seen him in a long time. I'm just very curious how like how life is treating him now. <laughs> um, so one thing, and we'll probably get into this more in detail on a later show, but you are not someone who is um, interested, I'll say, in politics and ah. you don't practice your right to vote. So, huh? This is true. This is true. So, and it's not something that you just started. It's always been like this. It's always been like that. I've never registered to vote, ever. Okay, you guys in the comments, you guys can deal with that. Um, <laughs> but but I, I brought that up, though, because I'm just curious. With this, the student loan thing. Now, I'll say this. Usually, and I think we're also getting older. Oh, that's too. my president. What you mean? He, <laughs> <laughs> he give me my student loans back? That's my president. I don't, I don't care what y'all say. 
So, so I, I always look at it like when it comes to like politics, I feel like specifically like the president, I've only been able to vote in like three or four elections as far like legally vote in like three or four elections. And I never really saw anything that like specifically like affected me outside of uh, President Barack Obama allowing people to be on their parents' insurance until they were 27 years old. Like that was something that directly affected me. But outside of that, I can't really think of much that really affected me outside of maybe like stimulus checks and stuff like that. But in regards to something that, that they run on and the student loan thing is something that like they ran on and like I knew that that would affect me. And now we see it actually like happening and taking change and all that kind of stuff like that. Would this be something that would make you be like, okay, I'm going to vote in the next election or, or is this still not enough? Uh, it's still not enough for me. Um, you know, will I, you know, capitalize off, off of it if it does happen? Yeah. Um, it's still just not enough for me to vote though. It's just my opinion on it. Well, that's what we want. We want you to be the same. You see People who are listening, they're going to be like upset with me because I didn't go in on this situation. But I feel like this is a topic that we can discuss later on. I was just episode, I think. <laughs> I was just curious because I do know that it's something that kind of comes to mind, like immediately comes to mind because you don't have a choice but to deal with whatever happens. But this is something that's beneficial, and in the future, it would be like, would you want this person to still be in office or not? Um, and speaking of being per, people being wanted, have you seen Chris Brown's meet and greets? I, <laughs> I did, man. They're, they're fun. They're fun to look at. I've seen I've seen the pictures. So he said that um, because he's doing this, that this is forcing other artists to give a f about their fans. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's bullshit. But I mean, in, in regards to him, you know, charging for it, people have been charged for meet and greets forever. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, his price is his price and people are paying it. And that's the thing, though. Like, you can't say you're forcing people to care about their fans when you're charging people for a service, essentially. Like, you're charging people to meet up with you and take a picture with you. Like, yes, it's great that you're not, like, separated from them and all that stuff like that. But, like, you're not changing the game with this. Like, that's definitely not a game changer that you're doing. You just try to sound a little deep on this one. Uh-huh. Now, the VMAs are coming up. In fact, the VMAs are tonight, actually, Sunday. So one of the big things that always happens every year is the Video Vanguard Award, which was named after Michael Jackson, despite the fact that he didn't win until 1988. Um, so but basically, it's like the highest honor at the, at the MTV. Did I say BET or MTV? Uh, I don't know, but it's MTV. <laughs> Yes, the MTV um, VMAs, the Video Music Awards this year, Nicki Minaj is getting it. And a lot of people are like, for for what? Because they're talking about the videos that the person does. And I I don't necessarily know if Nicki Minaj has any videos that I'm like, oh, that is so creative. That's the and I like Nicki Minaj, but I just don't anyway. I mean, some of her older videos, maybe, but like how many years are they going back for this? You know what I mean? It's just the entire catalog, the the artist's entire catalog. I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't have, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I would give it to, but I don't know if she would take the cake for that one. So I, I, I don't think they had an award show in 2020, maybe 2020, maybe they did. I don't know. But I know the last winner in 2019 was Missy Elliott, who like well-deserved. Like she's like perfect when it comes to videos. I don't think Busta Rhymes has a, a, 
a video Vanguard award. Like he doesn't. Like looking through this list, it's Missy Elliott, like the last couple people. Missy, Jennifer Lopez, Pink, Rihanna, Kanye West, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Duran. What her videos are just like regular one person shoot them up. Like I don't her videos are regular. I don't know if I've ever seen J-Lo do anything like super creative and I like her, but I don't necessarily know if her videos are like that good. Yeah, I don't I mean, again, I haven't watched music videos in a while, but if we talk about J-Lo, then I've seen a bunch of hers and I don't see any super creative, you know, avenues in those videos. I would definitely say that Buster Rhymes needs to be on this list. If I had to pick an artist who I think should definitely get that award, it would be Sierra. I think Sierra has always given us like really good videos, specifically like the dancing and stuff in the videos. This and, and honestly, on that same token, Chris Brown. Okay. Um, if we're talking like whole catalog and we're talking about video creativity, I mean, we got to give it to Ludacris as well. I mean, Ludacris mm-hmm, is really like revolutionary what he did with the videos, man. And um, uh, somebody like right now that's relevant right now, uh, maybe Kendrick Lamar. Just the way, just the way he, the thought he puts into his videos, I believe that that is just really iconic. You know what's crazy? I've never seen a Kendrick Lamar video. <laughs> like, you, look at them, you know, look at you know, look at the last one he pulled out, and it was you know, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of thought put in them. It's off his new album? No, nah, he does the, I think the song is called The the Heart or The Heartbeat. Um, he doesn't put those on the album. Those always come out like like a week before his album. It's like a different track. Mm. But um, he's got videos for them. It's pretty dope. I like how we named all Black people. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see what else we have. I mean, this is we can be quick with this one, but um, there's a report that came out that Jores, I cannot talk. Jores in the R. Kelly um, trial will be shown parts of the sex tape that he had created with minors um, or with a minor. I think it's only one tape that they're showing parts of. I, I just have so many conflicting thoughts about this because at the end of the day, one I think that the minor who they're talking about is also testifying as well. Like there was no, like there was like, um, there was like stuff that came out last week that the one girl who was in the original video, she testified against him, which I'm assuming means that that's the video that they were going to be showing the jurors. Like that would just be so awkward for me to be in my thirties. And like, people are watching someone have sex with me while I'm underage. And I think this is the video where he urinated on the girl too. Yeah, this is, I don't, I don't believe this is DJ in the courtroom. Also, you don't even know like these jurors from a can of paint, you know, you barely know them and, and what they really have in their heads, you know, you're showing child pornography to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's needed. Uh, I think there's enough evidence circling around everything else that they can use. Um, I just don't think it's the right thing to do at all. Yeah, and, and, and at the end of the day, like, forget about the jurors. You do know that R. Kelly has a problem with children. Like, he is a pedophile. And you're going to show him this, like, while he's there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't see how that helps the situation. I guess in the sense of, like, they would look at it and they would be like, oh, wow, he really did this. But then you go to the whole thing of, like, you're showing him doing this to someone who I believe 
Africa I was 14 at the time. And, and if she's testifying and she's an adult woman now, I feel like that that kind of defeats the purpose because if I'm a juror, I may be looking at it like, it may be hard to like know that this is a child in this video because you're looking at a full grown version of that same person. And like, you're, you're talking and interact, or you're seeing them talk and interact as an adult. So like, would that even distract them seeing that? Like, or would they be like, Oh, I see the difference in her body and all that. Like, like, I don't know. I just think there's a lot to be like thought about when it comes to that. A lot to be thought about, a lot to be wary of. Um, again, there's there's enough evidence to convict him for probably the rest of his life already. Like, I don't think this is needed at all. Well, he's and, already been sentenced to 30 years, and he's in his 50s now. Right. So, what are they, you know, it's like, what are they going to get out of this? Uh, for restitution, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But. And his, his team is consistently, like, fighting, too. Like, they're fighting, like, <laughs> they're like trying to like get things thrown out and get things changed in different cases though the one is already done then there's other ones that, where they're like no well what about this and what about this and it's like he already is sentenced to 30 years in jail like the man is not going to make it he'll be 80 when he gets out of jail at this point yeah he's, he's done for uh, yeah like you're not getting that. now yeah. I do, now i have another question for you now that he has been sentenced to like 30 years at least that one we don't know what the other um sentences will be but we do know one is 30 years right because and and like that's essentially that's paying for the crime that he did which is the sex tapes and like the abuse to these women um and men too allegedly actually and with that being said do you think it's okay to listen to his music now <laughs> i mean i I think it's fine to listen to music, you know, music's music to me. Um, I understand where people can be angry about that and say no and try to really throw his whole catalog out. But there's so much music today that was influenced by bad people. And I'm not saying it's okay to listen to their music. I'm just saying it's, it is what it is, it's music, it's storytelling. Um, and to be able to take that away, you have to take away a lot of music that we listen to today. I think what you said is probably the reason why I'm hesitant to listen to it because it is storytelling. And when I watched the surviving R. Kelly documentary, one of the things that they were like adamant about and they were saying is that like he was writing those songs about the girls that he was messing with, which is like kids. And like, it's weird because I agree with you. I definitely think music is storytelling for sure. And while that's not my story, I don't... I don't know if I want to be connected with it. You know what I mean? I, I just, it just feels uncomfortable to me. Now I do, well, I will listen to maybe his like more inspirational songs, but I don't, I, I'm not listening to Half on a Baby. <laughs> like I'm good. They, I don't need to know anything about Trapped in a Closet, the remix to Ignition, like none of that stuff. So 90% of his catalog, he gave us. Yeah, like I'm only going to listen to like the three like gospel inspirational songs that he has. Everything else, like I, I can't do it. Not that one though. I listen to all his, all his inspirational stuff except that I believe I can fly stuff. Like that song can go to hell. Like I don't want to hear it ever again. Look, after what was it, fifth grade? I never want to hear that song again. You're old, man. Like it's like they, we sung at graduation. Like it was like the thing, and it's like okay, I we get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, so this is like my favorite sub, um, my favorite uh, segment of the show. 
it is am I high or are you and these are like hot topics that have been coming out and I just want to know like who's on drugs here <laughs> all right so um Dwayne Wade is in the news like he filed legal paper legal paperwork to change his child Zaya Wade um who is his son who is transitioning to a female he filed legal paperwork to change um her name and gender you're a parent and Zaya I believe is like 13 14 I think Zaya is gonna have to do that themselves when they're of age but you'll be okay with them doing it I mean at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my 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 son. That's that was my son. At the end of the day, and I, you know, I have to to respect their decisions. Um, but I'm not going to make that decision for them. You know, I'm not going to facilitate it in that in that scenario. It's not just not me. Some quick research: Zaya Wade is 15 years old. 15. Okay. Well, um, I have a few more years to figure it out. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I think that. Zaya very clearly knows what she wants to do with herself. She knows what she wants to do with her life. And I I like the fact that he's like encouraging her to like live her truth and be herself. Live her truth. What is what is her truth? That she's a female. Born male. Mm-hmm. So how can you change that gender? What do you mean? How do you change the gender? It's how you feel. But he was born a male. Wait, are you like, yeah, yeah, like that's the thing. He, Zaya Wade is transitioning. Okay, but if this was something that was um, possible, he wouldn't have to be filing this petition, right, to change the gender. Well, technically, he's doing it for it to be legally recognized. The same way, if a person gets married, they're legally changed their name so that it can be legally recognized. Has it been done before? I would assume so, but like honestly, I don't know. I, I've never if it has been done before, I don't think it will be news because um the person will be, I'm assuming, of age to do it themselves. This I think is making news and making headlines because it's a minor. It's a minor and then who, you know, whose father is. But like I mean, I know there's there's other celebrities who have like transitioned and stuff like that and like I don't know, like, like, like Caitlyn Jenner transitioned and I don't know if it's any legal stuff that was done. Like, I don't know that stuff. They like, nobody ever put that out there, but I think that because the child is so young and like, they can't, they actually can't make this decision for themselves. Like the parent has to like physically go and do this stuff. I think that's the reason why this is such like a big deal. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to love, uh, I'm going to love my, my daughter, you know, uh, and respect their decisions as they grow older. Um, but I'm not going to. There's a there, there's an age limit of when you'll start respecting their decisions. No, I said I'm going to respect their decisions, um, but I'm not going to facilitate it. Uh, if they're not old enough to change their name legally, I'm not going to be one to facilitate it. Well, OK, you may not have to go through and file the petition to do it, but you could call them by their chosen name. Yeah, I, I didn't say that I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's just you? It, say again. Would you? Like you didn't say that you wouldn't, but you also didn't say that you would either. You know, you know, it's crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy, but I still think that's a, that is another thing that comes with, with age. And the reason why I'm saying it is um, a kid that's five years old, you tell them to call them another name. You know, they're just a kid. They don't really know. And I'm not saying a 15 year old knows either, but there is, you know, cognitively, there's, there's a difference there. 
So I feel as though at, at a certain age, if that's where we see the directions going, you know, we have to respect it. So I would be okay with them changing their sex because like, whatever, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. The name that I picked out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be a little upset like, with that, but I mean, the name that I gave is not going to work out for, for a female. So that's not, honestly, that's really not my problem. <laughs> you, because I'm the same person who wants my daughter to get married and keep her last and keep her last name. Like I want that. I don't want her to change her last name. Let, let the guy can hyphenate his name. So like, the name part would be really hard for me. Like I, I know I don't have kids, and I already know what I want to name them. So like, that's really important to me. So like, to know that my child is like. I'm not going to go by the name that you call that you like if you do a nickname sure but to be like I'm not going to go by the name that you named me because I'm changing other things about me I do get it obviously you your name can't be Dexter if you want to be a female I could though actually you do something different <laughs> I mean I, I feel like we're somewhat on the same page when it comes to this like we I mean, I would definitely, I, I, I applaud it. I think it's cool that he's doing that. But personally, I don't know if, if yeah, I... And, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying what he's doing is wrong. I'm just saying that's not what I would do. Um, you know, that is, that is, you know, his daughter and how he wants to, you know, help her in, in any way. That's, that's up to him, you know. So I'm not saying he's wrong for what he's doing. I'm just saying it's something that I wouldn't do in my household. Yeah. Um, no. that age, anyway. I think honestly, it'll be hard, in my opinion, hard to disagree with that. I, I just, I don't like though that there's like people like bashing it though. Like I, the way I look at it, like if this is not something that you're willing or want to do with your child or with, you know, a child in your life, then that's fine. But I don't think that people should like bash him and chastise him and his family because this is a decision that they made and like they have to live with it. Like we don't. I think I think a younger me would have been on the opposite side of things. Um, I think as I as I grew and started having children of my own and really had those conversations with my wife, you know, we had those conversations. What if? And you know, Wait, what if really, I, y'all have the, like conversation about like what if? Yeah, like what if our you know our child decides to, to change genders or if our child decides to like the same sex? We've had questions like that, and I guess you know I never thought of how important those questions could be in a relationship with someone that you're having children with, right? Because you guys kind of got to be on the same boat with that. You know, that's yep. the thing. That's like religion, things like that, right? So, um, you know, we sat down and I think I, I was able to grow a lot through those conversations because I was more one-track mind with the whole situation. Um, and I feel as though now I, I can understand a lot more. It, it's funny too because I feel like a lot of this stuff is coming up more now for us so we have we don't really have a choice but to see it or like discuss it or talk about it or have an opinion on it and we're in our 30s and I do think there are a lot of people who are in our in our age group who are like really stuck in their ways but nobody in their 30s I would assume is as stuck in their ways as somebody in their 50s and 60s like they've lived way more life than us so like their ways they're really stuck in them and I actually think it'll be kind of crazy for a person to be in their 30s and be like I'm stuck in my ways like that kind of sounds stupid to me yeah 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 I, I agree I definitely agree on that and speaking of stuck in their ways there is a 
big debate going on right now on social media about therapist Shabri Rawls, who went viral after posting a video saying that black men need therapy. She didn't just say black people need therapy. She, black men actually need therapy. She said, you motherfuckers need to get <laughs> therapy. You guys lack emotional intelligence. And then she said that 90% of her clients are black males. And she just consistent. Some of the stuff that she was saying in this video was kind of crazy to me. Like, I'll read this excerpt. She goes, guys, excuse my language. She goes, you think B-words just be talking to y'all ear just to be effing talking? We don't. Y'all think B-words just want to argue with y'all because y'all refuse to expand your emotional vocabulary? We don't. It's to provide clarity for both us and y'all dusty B-words. That's what she, like, (laughs) I am someone who, like, she's a licensed therapist. Well, she, she is a licensed therapist, but she ain't working at the company because she was fired after this video, um, her, her management team. But people are saying like she shouldn't have been fired. Like she's telling the truth. Black men do need therapy. Black men don't open up. And and I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree at all. I don't think that they're lying. I don't think that's false. However, if you want me to do something, that ain't the way you, you get me to do it. That's not encouraging to me at all. Not at all. Not at all. And I, I just, I, you know, I've been to therapy and I wouldn't even know how to react if my therapist talked like that to me. So I can understand why she was fired. Now, do you how do you feel about therapists providing like tough love? I think it's a necessary evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, I like it, uh, I think it's necessary, you know. So, like, would you say that this was that like she was providing a little bit of tough love? No, nah, that was <laughs> that was over, that was a little bit overkill with that one. Yeah, the thing is, like, I was someone at one point in my life that was like. I don't need therapy. Like that is not something that I need. That is not something that I want to do. And truthfully, I don't, to be honest with you. But it's one of those things where like, I feel like we are in a society where like everyone is like, you got to go to therapy. You got to go to therapy. Like it's pushed. And it's like, people talk about other things, other agendas that are pushed down our throats. Therapy is shoved down our throats. Like we are like being spoon fed the narrative of going to therapy. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I agree. As, as someone who does actively go, I, I agree. You know, it's just been therapy, 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 therapy. And, and, just, I, so. and I understand why in the sense of, you know, trying to get people help and stuff like that. But it is it's definitely like a, one of those things where it's like you guys can cool it a little bit. Like, yeah, people are push therapy like crazy. And and sometimes I have an issue with it. Most times I don't. It's like, whatever. Like, I don't have to do it if I don't want to. But to know that that is something that's being consistently pushed, specifically for Black people, too, and Black men, like, to narrow it down, to hear someone who is a therapist talk like that about someone who would potentially be their patient, that would make me, as a person who doesn't want to go to therapy, not go. Like, there's always excuses for why you don't want to do something. And people always find things to latch on to for an excuse. She just gave people one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's 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 a little it's a little off-putting to force it down people's throats like that. Um, that's not the way to go about it. Um, you know, talking about the good parts of therapy and just you know reiterating to them calm in a calm manner, not the you know you need to go to therapy or you need this, you need that. I think that's not the way to go about it. You know, people aren't gonna really listen to that. And I'm definitely not gonna listen to it if you call me a dusty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on that. She'd be lucky if she get a job anywhere else. 
<laughs> and to the people who are saying that she shouldn't have been fired, if she, if this was a white woman and this white woman got on there and said word for word exactly what she said, calling black men dusty B words and MFers and all that stuff like that, there is no way people would not be calling for this woman to be fired. So, like, let's not pretend like this is any different. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, I, I'm not a therapist and I can sit there and say those words that she sh- said and go viral. I'm going to get fired. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's, no, there's no way they're going to have me representing the company. And then they were like, well, a lot of black people were using her. So those are black people who lost their therapist. And while I do understand like how hard it is to find like a, a therapist that you like, because essentially that's a person that you're con- talk- that you're connecting with and talking to. I get it. It's hard to find people to connect with that you like and stuff like that. But if this person, if this is their mindset, I don't think they're equipped to deal with you in the first place. Yeah, that's very true. I don't think, uh, I think they may need to seek a little therapy themselves. In some yeah, sense. For sure. So on my other podcast industry friends, I interviewed a licensed um, psychotherapist and one of the, I asked him like, what advice would he give? And he said that he thinks that all therapists should have a therapist. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, just if you believe in any type of energy transfer or just any of that case scenario, you know, listening to to these people day in and day out, you know, you start thinking about your own life and you start really empathizing with them and you yourself in terms will need therapy. It's, it's, I agree. Yeah. Um, and that will bring us to our topic of the night, which is, how do you deal with conflict with friends? Elaborate a little bit on that one. Well, do you know what conflict is? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. What type of what type of conflict though? Just any kind of like social media conflict or like in-person conflict, personality conflict, work conflict, just any any type of conflict that you have or that you may come across with a friend. Like how would you deal with it? Like I think a really good example is if you're working with someone or you got somebody a job and they're not performing. I know someone who recently got somebody a job and the person is not performing up to task. And the person that got them the job is kind of like they're, you know, they're working with them and they're like, uh, yeah, this isn't working out. Like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And like if you're in that situation, would you say something to your friend or would you just like leave it alone? Like how would you deal with it? Oh, I mean, because at that point, you know, that friend's representing me as well. So, I mean, I need to say something. And I don't agree with that. Go ahead. What don't you agree with? You're not representing me. Sure, I might have put my name on there to be like, you should hire this person, but you don't, I represent me. You don't represent me. Well, Good, bad, or indifferent. Unfortunately, the company's not going to see it. Oh, that's, that's on me. <laughs> they don't represent me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something to them, but I mean, I'm not going to be a dick about it, you know. You want to talk to them, let them know what's going on. Um, but hey, I'm going to say something to them. I, if we're friends, I should be able to say something to you. So the conflict that comes with it, when they, like, say they get upset that you have said something to them, they disagree with you, they argue with you, they yell at you. They say, like, you know, like, where is this coming from? Did somebody talk about me? Like, who's talking about me? Like, how do you, how do you, would you handle the conflict? I mean, it is going to have to be upset. I mean, I'm going to let them know what's going on. And if it upsets them, and you know, I'm I'm gonna reiterate what's going on and why why things are going that way. Um, 
uh, I guess I could let them know who said it. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me at that point. What matters is that person is getting back straight, you know, in order, in order. I, see, for me, like, I don't really deal with conflict with people. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm like very non-confrontational. Do you agree with it? No, not at all. Well, I feel like I'm non-confrontational. So when people like are having like if I'm in a situation where I know that like we're not on the same page, like I'll just stop talking. No, that's not you. I'm telling you, I'm I just, I'm I don't <laughs> argue with people. I do not argue with people. Like I refuse to argue with people because like if it's a job situation, these people are talking about you, you're not performing up the part of the task, whatever. And they're telling me, I would say, well, you should tell them that because I don't want to be in the middle of it. I don't think it. I don't care. So I don't want to be in the middle of it. I'm not. I'm, I just don't want to deal with it. I get you. I mean, just it is what it is. I think there's going to be conflict in any friendship. Um, it just depends on how the other person is handling it or how you both are handling it. Just- oh, ain't no conflict with me because let me tell you, I don't argue with people like I I've learned my lesson of arguing with people because you know why I'm one of those people that like what if I do argue with you is because I know that I'm right. And nine times out of 10, if I even have like an issue, it's because like I'm right and you're wrong. Right. That's what that's what my mind. No, I'd be I'll think that like I think that I'm right in this situation. I think that you're wrong. And I have learned that people have their own idea of what's right and what's wrong. So. I know now that when it comes to arguing with people, I'm never going to change their mind. Just like they, it's impossible for them to change mine. So because of that, like I listen to what people say. And if I'm not like super adamant about it, I won't even comment on them. Okay, cool. So that's how I deal with conflict. I just don't, I don't. Like I don't say anything. I just let people just do what they do. No, I know people who do things that are detrimental to them and I don't say nothing. That's a terrible friend. Are you sure these are friends we're talking about? I mean, like, not, like, super close friends, but it's people that I know, like, people that were legitimate friends. That doesn't count. I mean, do they, do they feel the same way as you, or you lead them on there? Oh, it's a lot of people who think I'm friends with them, and I don't. I would never say that we're friends. It's a lot of people like this. No, I... It's my problem. <laughs> it's your problem if you lead them on thinking you are they friend. Uh, I'm just a nice person. Like, is if a person is being nice and you take that as them being your friend, like, that's kind of on you. Just a nice guy. If you didn't get invited to my wedding, we're not friends. Oof. Oof. That's hard. Wait, wait I take that. No, because then I'm going to have conflict. There are some people who were, who were not invited that I would consider them friends. I just didn't have the space. Ah. So there was better friends than them that got but well, they know that. Uh, you sure I mean, know? That's, that's not a secret. <laughs> like, <you didn't laughs> it, so. Terrible individual, man. No, what about what about on social media? How do you deal with friend conflict on social media? Social media is weird. I actually try to like I try my best to to you know uh, refrain myself from arguing on social media, even with like strangers. Uh, sometimes it gets the best of me though. The the past couple of days, my Twitter has been in shambles. Like I've been arguing with people on Twitter every day. It's ridiculous. I need to get back on Twitter, man. Oh, it's the best. It's amazing over there. But like honestly, like, people are so opinionated, and like, like they'll say something, and then especially if they're famous, whatever, they'll say something, and then like 
all these people started to like jump on their side just because they have like a blue check mark. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. My phone has been going off the entire time today because I said so. somebody made a joke about Nick Cannon having a bunch of kids. And I personally, I think that's lame, specifically coming from someone who cries on social media about being bullied. I feel like you can't do that to other people. Right. You're they crying about bullying, but then you're bullying someone else. Yeah, like they did it. I made a comment about it. They got upset. It's a public figure, too. They got upset about it and responded to me. And we're going not necessarily back and forth, but they say something to me or whatever. And then like their people start to like get in my mentions and all that stuff. Five whole name drop, baby. Nobody would know who it is. It's a it's a she works, she works for the WWE. Nobody knows who this girl is. She's a, a loser. <laughs> not even a wrestler. Wrestling. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode, too. Oh, we definitely can. But that'll bring us to the end of the show today. G, I had an amazing time chatting with you. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. We will be back again next week. But reminding you to always stay true to you and always remain the same OG. Oh,